Welcome to another episode of Was It Good? Today we're taking a look at Westworld, Star Wars The Clone Wars, and the pandemic movie known as Outbreak. I'm your host, Ravi, and I'm joined by my two brothers, Krishna and Arjuna. We're in the middle of a quarantine, and we've got all your movie and TV show discussion right here. So why don't you tweet at us at Was It Good and tell us what you'd like us to review because we're lonely, tired, and have had too much to eat. I think that sentiment, sentiment is true for everybody. Yes. We're not going to come out of this skinny. We're all going to come out this fat. Yeah. <laughs> Krisha is clearly a bundle of energy and joy today. Yeah. Would, would this help? Here, want no. some? No, I don't want it. Beautiful, put me to sleep. It's beautiful apple juice. <sighs> How's your apple juice? It's fruity. It burns all the way down. Uh, I, I, we, we have, a, we have a, an all-time great comment right off the top. Oh, so I just have to say it. Frenchie 25 AA. Yo, your setup just made me coom in my pants. I love it so, so, so much. Thank you. Thank you, Frenchie 25 AA. That is a top five comment all time. And those, and those listening on the podcast, we are streaming this live on our Twitch channel. So shout out to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash was it good. You can definitely jump in, interact. Maybe we'll make it into the podcast. And I, I guess that's what the cool people say now. Wow, that's that's such a professional intro. It's like you've been hosting this <laughs> podcast for 76 episodes. Yes, oddly specific, that number. Mm, yes. Do you Actually, re- technically, do you it's 77 because there's a lost podcast out there with no audio. Do you uh do you always try and throw the number of the podcast in? Like I feel like lately you've been doing that. No, I I've been doing it recently cuz uh you know, for those who are familiar with us, we've done a few long range uh podcasts before in the past few years, and this is our longest running one we've ever done. Mm. So yeah. And it, consistency. It, it was it was ri- it was right around every single podcast we've done has ended around the 60 episode mark. <laughs> oh. Well, we're going to try and get to 100 Either we'll get to 100 or the world will end. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, talking about worlds that end, Westworld. Terrible segue. <laughs> so we got Westworld, season three, episode five. What did we think? I know we, we're trying to stay away from the one word impressions, mm. but I think for a series that we're following week over week, I think it kind of is an okay thing to do, mm. especially since we started you know, the season off with our one word impressions. So Krishna... How would you kind of sum up Westworld this episode in one word? Uh, uh, I'll probably, I'm gonna take the easy out. I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna say drug, drugs. I'll say drugs. drugs. Drugs is my one word impression because obviously one of our main character characters, uh, Caleb, played mm. by Aaron Paul, spent much of the episode uh, on drugs. And uh, but aren't we all on drugs? No. I don't think so, uh, <laughs> and and uh, you know it added it added a, a slightly different uh, look and feel to the show than we've had mm. the, through the first five episodes, and that is directly related to the drugs. So yeah, that's my one word. That's my impression. That's that's what I got from this episode. Drugs. Gina? Don't do them, kids. Or do you know what about you? I'm gonna go with choppy. I thought the episode, specifically with the uh, drug scenes, were extremely choppy. I didn't like how it was done. Uh, and I thought it hindered the episode greatly. So choppy. Choppy. <laughs> I'm going to go with art. And basically I'm saying art because it takes drugs and choppy. And when you try and do something interesting visually and you kind of go off the norm a little bit, um, you get what they want to refer to as art. Mm. So they were trying to do an artistic thing. didn't really work. Much like this one-word impression. And my, w- <laughs> and my impression to your impression is fail. 
<laughs> I would I would go with fake, but yeah. Uh, so if you reverse our sentence, it's choppy art drugs. That sounds like something art kids in like college are all into. We're gonna start this movement. Aren't all the kids into it? <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. So the big thing in the episode was obviously the drug trip out. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was kind of a unique way to kind of show party drugs. And what I mean by that is we're in the future. Cocaine, marijuana, shrooms, heroin, LSD, ecstasy. I'm just listing drugs at this yeah, point. Yeah. But uh, my whole, <laughs> the, where I'm going with this is like in the future, there would be something kind of new and different. And our, our, our fi- my favorite actor of all time, Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> made an appearance in this episode. And he explained to both Aaron Paul and to us, the audience, what was happening, which was you're on that like cinema drug. Right, where you're kind of going through different types of cinema styles. You know, we saw that definitely with color grading. I don't know if you guys noticed, like the aspect ratio also changed a bunch in this, uh, and then also just the general music, also the vibe and everything had changed. So, mm. I, if I mean, drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. But if there's a future in which a drug <laughs> gives you like a cinema like trip out, yeah, yeah, it was interesting too because he's. I think he says, uh, "Watch out for Act Three, yeah, or something like that," which yeah. is you know. If you hear that, you have to sort of relate that maybe to the actual like episode itself, right? Like, right. Is that, is that like a, a deeper meaning there? What does that mean? Like, take it outside the context of drugs, and what does that mean? Like, pay attention to Act Three or watch out for Act Three. Like, you know, is, did, you, did you guys get a sense that that had a bigger meaning than? I would say, if we were in Westworld season one or two, yes. Oh wow. But because we're in season three <laughs> yeah. of Westworld and kind and of you have no hope. Well, it's not that I don't have hope. It's just things are being laid out in a less kind of sneaky, sneaky way. It's more kind of like as you see it. And I'm so far, yeah, it is very possible that Arjuna's theory of future world could still come true. I think we saw another part of this episode where Caleb, Aaron Paul's character, is shooting at the bad guys. And he's literally in the sunroof of a car drugged out of his mind, <laughs> and there are people shooting at him with a machine gun. He doesn't get hit once. Mm. Doesn't get hit once. So it's kind of a bit fantastical. Very fantastical. He's got that plot armor. He's the one that has to shoot the rocket off, all that type of stuff. Uh, just to go, you know, to continue on this this thought train of the, the drug trip, uh, you know, and to go back to my word, choppy, I thought, I, I liked the idea of changing the aspects and stuff up. But, like, there were a couple instances where I just felt like it didn't work. So, for example, when they were going into the black and white um, phase of the of the drug trip, they kind of went from, like, Caleb, who was black and white, and then they switched the perspective of Dolores. And I just didn't like that. I didn't like, I didn't like just going from, like, the black and white, and then, like, you move over, and it's, like, from Dolores' point of view. I felt like they should have done the trip all from Caleb's point of view. Mm. And I didn't like the jumping in and out of it. Um, specifically at the beginning. They did a better job as they went on in the trip, but like at the beginning, it was just really jarring. I was just kind of confused as to like what was going on, and yeah. it's just, it just lazy to me. Like I feel like they've, they've done stuff like that really well before, right? Especially the aspect, you know, changing the aspect ratio up, changing everything up, going between the stuff in the past and the present and all that type of stuff. And to me, it's just like jarring because they've done it so well before and they just... It's like they the editor was rushed or or something, and they just didn't 
Maybe that's the Execute. effect they were just trying to create. Potent- oh, I mean, I'm sure that's the just to be lazy. That's the that's the, that's that's the cinema. I don't know. The, that's their that would be their explanation. They're trying to convey his confusion and jarring experience of whatever he's on with the situation. They're trying to convey that to you with how they edited it. I'm sure that's what they would say. Um, I kind of enjoyed that though, like it going back and forth between the two, and. Not is it to me? It didn't come across as choppy. I think it kind of leads. It actually kind of helps your theory a little bit mm. because this is all his experience. Like if he is the guest, then yeah, nobody else would be really experiencing it. But we still need some kind of like outside perspective to kind of see what's happening around him. If that makes sense. And we've never seen everything from his perspective. So why all of a sudden would we change everything up? So it's just solely his view. His viewpoint. Mm. I guess. I just felt like that it would have been a more powerful trip if it was just from his perspective. You know? It would have been wild. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> to help your point, actually, about your future world theory, Yes. let's talk about the big fucking reveal that felt weird. Yeah, what was the reveal? The I, was, big, I was a little drunk during the this. Episode. I kind of forget some stuff. The big reveal <laughs> during this was uh, Dolores uh, got access to Insight and as we all are aware, the big red ball of doom, its main function is to map out and predict people's shit, mm-hmm. their lives, what they do, how they die, who they are, etc. She took all that data oh, that's right. and shared it with everybody. Right. And the world was plunged into chaos in about 20 minutes or so. You know, People were jumping out of cars and shooting each other. A lot of couples were fighting, primarily... I don't know if you guys picked up on this. We saw three couples fighting, and in every situation, it was the guy yelling at the girl as if the girl had cheated on the guy. So I don't know what that's about, but that was weird to me. Hmm. Maybe the writer of this... Uh, maybe I'm projecting. Maybe the, maybe, <laughs> maybe the writer of the episode had a deeply traumatic experience with a significant other and decided that this was the time to... to <gasps> Wait, and may, to take a step further into the real world... Maybe they found out about it through one of the many, many hacks that have happened in the last couple of years. Hmm. That would be interesting. Could be. But going back to the whole future role thing is that entire setup and release and everything, that felt like a like a like they've been working so hard to this point. And we only really discovered that this was the point, like maybe five minutes before it happened. We had no idea that Dolores was gonna ultimately release everything or that was part of the plan well originally it was supposed to be just the train right you even hear uh liam dempsey the son of the dempsey man who uh you know ran or funded insight uh said like i thought it was just the train and she's like no everybody and then they release it to everybody and then bernard you know has the line of like let's throw everyone off their loops right feeding into the fact that you know, even the real world, everybody's on the loop or whatever. Right. So she's like descended the world into chaos. Essentially, what she's done is, it's exactly what happened to her at the end of season one, where she became conscious and she 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 shot forward, and that plunged everyone off of their loop and into chaos. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it made all of the hosts. You know, she was able to rebel with them, and that's what shot off into season two. And this is essentially its own version. Right. It's yeah. It's kind of like a, an awakening. So like plunging everyone into an, uh, a more enlightened state right. by showing them that they are controlled. They're not in control of anything. Or, to Arjuna's insane theory, this is all it's future all world. A yeah, oh, oh, all right. a dream. Now, an interesting thing that we did discover, though, Caleb, the information that we were given by Dolores about Caleb 
False. What do you false? It's not accurate. Um, what's the guy's name from Inside the Sun? Liam. Liam says, as she has the glasses, and he can pull up Caleb's information and says, "Who are you?" You know, you helped or you did it or something along those lines. And we also got weird flashbacks where Caleb is actually in a chair at one point with glasses on his face. Looks like he's being tortured. There's another point where there's an older gentleman with a uh, bag over his head. And it looks like he's taking him to a room to execute him. Hmm. Um, so I, I picked up on that a little differently, right? So we know the facts. I don't think Dolores lied to him. Well, she, he said he, Dolores said that you'll you'll end up dead. Well, I like, don't think that's a lie. I, I think I think all your well, all you're we're getting, all gonna end up dead, all right? you're getting is more information about his background, right? The only thing we knew was he had a traumatic experience in the military. His friend died. That was traumatic for him. His mother had a mental illness that she was unstable, and she's in a in a thing. I think what you're getting from these flashbacks is the thing where he's in glasses and he's being tortured. I think that was him in a mental asylum. I think he also has mental health oh. issues. I think he was also into he did some shady stuff with the military where he potentially was with a black ops group that potentially executed people and I think that's what you're seeing as well. So I think you're maybe getting some disassociation with his memory and what which, what which, what uh Liam has or is aware of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why he's like who who are you? Do you even know what you've done, et cetera, et cetera. So there's more inf- there's more inf- information in his background. But what it also gives us is that much like we've seen in previous seasons of Westworld, uh, Caleb is not a a reliable narrator, which means that we're going to get some type of reveal later on that everything we've seen with Caleb is not true. Or you're right. There, there are there right, and there are things that we are missing with him. Mm. So that is, I think there's there's you know it adds another layer to the mystery and everything. Mm. Yeah, one thing that kind of you know is I, I just found really annoying, and unfortunately every episode has something that I just really don't <laughs> like. And the one thing was to reveal that everyone is, and this kind of gets into the next thing with uh, Sirach's backstory. Sirach. 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 Sazerac. Sazerac. That there are outliers. And I'm like, oh, here we go. So now we have a special group of people who can't be controlled. And, um, you know, and it ended up being um, Sirach's brother was one of them. Is, is it Caleb one of them? Was it implied that Caleb is a person who... That could be. I, I don't think controlled. it's implied, but that's a good connection to make in terms of what's going on. Oh. Like potentially, he is an outlier. Mm. But you know, remember, uh, Sarek talked about, you know, he was trying to change people and then put them back in. It was more humane than killing them. Yeah. Potentially, the reveal could be Caleb is one of the people that Sarak has changed mm. and now put back into the world. Right. Yeah. I just. I oh, just. Oh, that's actually a really good theory. Yeah. I just the the whole you know outliers and the special group of people. I just found once again kind of annoying. And I, I just, I really can't nail down what it is because all this stuff should be cool, right? To me, based <laughs> on what I like and, you know, what the stuff I like and I'm interested in, I should find this season incredible and I don't. And do that, you, that, that annoys me about me. Do you that think it's not though, the show itself, I, maybe? I, I brought this up last week. Do you think, though, that this is because of our current situation? No. Like maybe you're more hyper focused on every aspect of the show because, well, let's face it, there's not a whole lot of other things to. Mm. Focus on no. I don't think I don't think that's what it is. I think because there are plenty of other things that I've like really enjoyed, uh, and I, I just think it's I just think it's it's been too long since the last season. It it feels different. The show feels different. Maybe because it's not in Westworld anymore. It's in the real world, and the real world to me that they're portraying just feels fake. Now mm. again, that that could that that could be actually a really cool reveal around that. 
I just don't like the portrayal of the real world. I don't like the quote unquote real people. They don't feel real. They feel faker than the. I and I think that it could be that that yeah. is done on purpose. It's just too much of it. I have a sneaky suspicion that this season would be better if you binged it versus Definitely. the other seasons. Definitely. Because I think they are try- trying to tell a tighter story, a more streamlined, linear story. Yeah. And I think the issue with that when you watch week to week is you just lose some of the momentum you build it up from episode to episode. Yeah. And and I think also the you know a problem with this season is there's a lot of new characters, a lot of new situations. Because there's so much new, you do feel that alienation where it's like, okay... You know, if this was the third season we were still in Westworld, it would be much more enjoyable because you've already built up that environment, the rules and everything. And now there's a new set of rules and a new everything. So yeah. Well, not, new not only that, though, there's also um, what in terms of characters that we, we recognize, we've got four or five. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is brand new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's a whole new cast. I don't even think that's the issue. I don't mind the new characters. It's just that they feel stale and like we've seen them before. Well, you like just that, don't like them. Well, that is an issue because you don't like these new characters. They, mm. you, you've, you're, you're missing characters that you did enjoy before, and you replace them with characters you don't like. Just by you know, it's 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 subtraction by subtraction. Yeah, yeah you've got Dolores five times over. That can get kind of annoying. <laughs> uh, but I, but honestly, it's like the new. The, the, there's just nobody that feels new. You're right. We have a bunch of new characters, but they don't feel new. They just feel like rehashes of the old characters. Sorak feels like. Um, What's his name? Uh, uh, Ford. Anthony Hop- Hopkins' Ford. character. Yeah, yeah. Ford. Like, it, it's just like, oh, we got another power-hungry old guy. I'm like, all right. It's just, uh, yeah. It, 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 there's so much, it should feel very different, and, and in some ways it does for bad reasons. And in other ways, it, it feels more of the same. I feel like the show should have evolved thematically more than it has. We're still getting some of the same themes. And some of these big reveals, they just rehashes of the same reveals we've already seen. It's just that because it's supposed to be the real world, where it's supposed to, it's like disguising it. It's supposed to be dressed up differently. But it's the same stuff. It feels like the same shit. Hmm. But could you make that argument for every show? Yeah, basic. I mean, once nope. you, you hit Voltron, that? Voltron, Voltron, nope. Every season felt very different. Um, uh, a lot of show. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad had a great evolution. The fall of Walter White into it, into where he ends up. Like, yeah, no. I, I think good shows have very distinct points where they feel different. Bad example, but The Office. The, the second part of The Office feels very different than the first part. Now, that might have been by mistake. Like, maybe that might have not been the direction they wanted to go. It still felt different. So, yeah. Rant over. Question <laughs> that I have with Insight... Yes, and and Ford actually bring up this and the outline liner liner landers whatever they're the called the outliner outliers outliers Ford was like could you not argue Ford and everything he built was something that goes against the machine because he's basically creating consciousness and all that like wouldn't Sirak have seen this and been like yo this shit's gonna be very 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 bad yeah and you kind of get hints of there's this conflict and that's kind of like the hidden. The, the hidden undertone, I feel like, of this season, right? So the whole story with Ford was Ford's thing was he wanted to create this park and he wanted to create robots to control. Um, the original Arnold saw them as living creatures that could evolve into something. That was part of the reason he committed suicide. Ford, as he got older, also bought into this line of thinking that it's like, yes, these are living things and they are the you know the evolution of humanity this is the next thing and then built in the idea of them 
becoming conscious, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he moved on, and that's pretty much the end of his story. I, I don't see Ford coming back again, right? Um, Sirach is, you know, so he's about, so like you said, Ford is about freedom and like the evolution of humanity. Sirach is about the containment of humanity mm. and trying saving to, and it. saving it, right? So they, these two men do are pretty much. Uh, they are similar in terms of what Krishna says of like these two old men that have these grand ideas of what the future God is. God complex. But they're on two ends of the spectrum. I right. think actually what would be more interesting if Ford was still alive uh, and you had both of these like masterminds pulling the strings uh, going back and forth. Well, actually, maybe... You, Which maybe you do, right? You don't well, know. Well, that's the <laughs> right. thing. That was like Dolores was set free by Ford. Yeah. So it's very possible that Ford saw this Serac Serac Insights thing and he set his creation free to go and to, to go and free humanity. To free humanity. I mean, she just did that, right? She just gave all that information out. Everyone now knows that this company's been like this is <laughs> just just imagine like when the whole Cambridge Analytica thing happened, and it, you know some people were like, "Oh wow, <laughs> Facebook's been really like honing in Shady. on my shit." Yeah. Some of us went and deleted our Facebook, but a lot of people were kind of like, "Whatever," and Facebook is still going out and doing its thing, but. Imagine something like this where it's like it nails you de- nails it down to like oh I know how you're gonna like die with improbability yeah imagine how that world's like gonna like deal with that shit yeah they wouldn't probably not actually not well. because they're so tied in because that company clearly is so tied into governments across or around the world yeah. so yeah it's probably gonna be swept right under hmm. so uh, theory about the motorcycle yes Arjuna do we think we have seen the last ball thing. Yeah, of Dolores. you know when there was a scene where Dolores like whispers to the motorcycle <laughs> of like what to do, and I'm like, ah, fuck, the motorcycle has her last the memory core. core. Yeah. And then I think it was also connected because right after you see uh, um, Sons of Anarchy man guy mm-hmm. uh, blow up on fire, the symbolism, right? So Del- one of Dolores' clones is on fire. Very shortly after that, you see the motorcycle on fire, right? So Dolores' clones uh, sacrificing themselves for her, right? So I think I think that that symbolism and then her whispering to it, I think those that is one of the Dolores. Those are two. That's the other Dolores. the last Dolores. Uh, oh, sorry, last Dolores uh, uh, host core. Why why are Dolores's host uh, others like clone cores? Cloned cores. Why why are they so willing to do her bidding? Dolores, and I could be wrong, but if I'm thinking of Dolores from the first two seasons, at what point is she that obedient to... Well, remember, though, she could reprogram them. Hmm. Like, she's the one in control here. She can clone them. So she can change that personality. I would assume their personality has been changed, but they've also taken on the the, the personalities to a degree that they've... Of the, um, of the bodies, like Tessa Thompson's character, right? She literally wants to rip her skin off, like she's mm-hmm. going crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I also think you're starting to see because there's a there's a, I don't know if you remember the conversation between Bernard and Sons of Anarchy guy Dolores. You know, he says, you know, it's something to the, the lines of like, you know, you just do her bidding without even thinking. Yeah. And you see the hesitation uh, in that Dolores clone. So mm-hmm. I, I think that seed's definitely been planted for probably one of these clones to be like, what am I doing? And it's probably going to be the Tessa Thompson one, I would assume. Yeah, We've spent a ton of time with her. She's obviously, like Ravi said, has been like cutting herself, having the identity issues. So you will see that Dolores on Dolores action. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Juna. Okay. Uh, But you you will see Dolores versus Dolores, I think. And and 
you know, you've seen this character change and grow, and I think that hopefully will make for some interesting mm. uh, television. Yeah. Do we have any new theories, or are we going to stick with the future world one? I do have a theory. I cannot credit this one. It's one I actually read online uh, from uh, off of Reddit via Cinema Blend. And the theory is that Caleb, uh, what we're seeing with Caleb in that time, and what we're seeing with Maeve is two different timelines or slash realities. Uh, so the theory goes that Maeve is either in is either a few years into the future, or she is still in her simulation, uh, and everything that she's done is Sirak simulating what could happen and how she could change those events, because we haven't seen Maeve yet interact with Dolores, Bernard, Caleb, all those characters. So, but she's interacted with Sirak though, and Sirak she- has interacted with. Yeah, but Dolores. we've seen a version of Ciroc, oh. uh interacted with, mm. but we haven't seen. We've seen. I remember we've seen multiple versions of Ciroc. We've seen young Ciroc. We've seen middle-aged Ciroc, older Ciroc. Um, I think five episodes in, there's some credence to this theory. You know that we haven't seen Maeve really interact with everybody else, mm. and um, I even I saw the preview for last for the next episode. I don't know if you guys saw it. But it shows Maeve waking up in the simulation again, because uh, remember she the World War Two one. Yeah, no. because remember she was uh, she was killed by Dolores uh, Akuza. Aku- yeah, Yakuza. Sorry. Yeah, excuse me. Sorry, from uh, from Samurai World, right? Yes. And so va- we've seen her interact with a Dolores clone, but not Dolores Prime. I guess as well. <laughs> Dolores Prime Transform. <laughs> so I, I thought that's an interesting theory. Um, that is interesting. And it would make sense, right? Insight's all about running probabilities and simulations. If she's in a simulation, or potentially she's in the Prime universe, and what we're seeing <laughs> with Caleb and everything is the simulation, right? Is that, is that, is that Transformers and a Star Trek reference? Correct. Unbelievable. So, last thing to do before we jump into some other stuff here. Krishna, was that Westworld episode we watched good? No, but I have to watch it again because we did pause it a lot and there were a lot of interruptions and I drank a whole bottle of wine by myself. So that might be why I'm. it doesn't feel coherent because it literally I didn't watch it in a coherent way. So, so I say no, but caveat, it, it might be good. I just so need to rewatch on it. our graphic that we're gonna we should be putting out when we go through the episode like Asterisk. recapping, should we go like Krishna, no, and then like a spilled wine glass? No, just put a, <laughs> put an asterisk ne- next to it. Uh, I don't know what that means. You okay. should do homework, and uh, for your next for the next week's podcast, you should rewatch you should, it. Uh, tell us if you liked it. Or yeah, not. that's a good idea. Yeah. I'll probably try and do that. I need to watch it because there's a lot I missed. To be honest, classic. Yeah, uh, Juno was it good? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say this episode was good. There are definitely parts I didn't like, but I still think that the overall mystery is interesting for the season, and we definitely have. I, I definitely like the twist of. Uh, I think Ravi, you said it. You know, the, the events of what happened in this episode is something you do at the end of a season. It's interesting to see this happen in like the, the middle of the season. The mid season. So I think it will be fascinating to see the effects of that. Ravi, was this episode good? Uh, it's hard because Christian's right. We did stop it a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I think overall, I'm going to say yes because cool action sequences, the artsy fart stuff was fun and, and a little bit different to break it up. 
Um, and then also, you know, ruining all of humanity. What's not to love? <laughs> so. so, yeah, that yeah, was good. That makes sense. So, moving into this other thing that we like, uh, Star Wars. As you can tell, we like Star Wars. Uh, the Clone Wars, the most boring fucking arc in all of goddamn history, came to a close this weekend. Thankfully. Thankfully. the wow. most, The two most, I think, okay, real quick, hot take. Who's more annoying? These two sisters or fucking Jar Jar Binks? Go. Jar Jar. That's, that's not... Wait, wait. That's you, not gotta, you gotta throw in Rose. <laughs> from episode eight. Rose isn't that bad. I'm no, sorry. No, because Rose I, isn't that annoying. I only, I only say that because I saw, I think on Twitter, yeah. a poll. Like, uh, like you, can, you, you, ha- you can kill one. Which one goes? Jar Jar yeah. or Rose? Wow. So, so, you know, you bring up Jar Jar. I was like, well, throw in Rose just because some people think they're on par. It's Jar Jar. I agree with you. Rose. Rose. Uh, I personally like Jar Jar because I view him now through the lens of Darth Jar Jar. So these two are more annoying than Jar Jar. I'm going to say these two are more annoying, but not because <laughs> of like, I'm going to base that ba- solely on like we got four ep- a four episode arc. A full and, movie. Yeah. <laughs> we got basically a full, almost a full movie, and it took four weeks to get through, right? Yeah. While wow, with Jar Jar fucking Binks, he was a small piece of the movie. There were other things to distract me. Why wow, with this, the entire fucking thing was around the, the literal stupidity of these two sisters. Yeah, but they and were. It sucked. There, was, there were redeeming parts to these characters. Like, mm-hmm. I, I did think there were some interesting. Uh, no, 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 no. I think they ruined the characters. No, 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 I think no, no. the characters are actually good. No, 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 no. I thought the older sister was a yeah. more interesting character. Forget, for sure. forget own, for the sure. redeeming things. I don't care. I go into these not just for the characters, for the whole story. Sure. And I was bored out of my fucking mind. Yeah, but, no, you know, but you know what? We don't part of the. And I've realized this now thinking about it. Part of the issue with this arc specifically is. When we've watched Clone Wars, we normally binge it, right? You've, we've normally watched full seasons. Yes. And so you get through an arc in a day. That's right? true. It, the bad arcs, too. Because, we again, yeah. we know Clone Wars is not, uh, it's not, it's not a perfect show. Did you, uh, do, you guys, do you guys remember the, uh, the arc where the fucking droids go through the entire galaxy? That shit sucks. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I don't remember that the, arc the, at all. With, like, R2-D2, and they go on, like, a secret mission with a bunch of droids. Half of them get murdered. Yeah, that one. And then there's the other one where R2 gets stolen Wait, that sounds in great. one. Mm. Are you sure that arc was bad? Yeah. There are some, <laughs> no, there, there are some bad arcs. Sounds there, like a great there arc. There definitely are bad arcs. But the problem here is we have to deal with it for four weeks. You know yeah. what I mean? Like four full weeks of right. this, so it's like you're waiting the full week for the episode, and then it's not good. Yeah, and and versus also versus the last arc, which was very good. Yeah, you know, overall, strong, strong. So I think that's that's the uh, like it, the looking at the entire season. Like this is the last season of the Clone Wars, supposedly. <laughs> looking at the whole thing, it's like they start off so so good, mm. and like they I I get it. It's marketing one on one, right? Like show all the cool shit in the marketing, like. Darth Maul and and uh, Ahsoka, ooh, fighting and ooh, Mandalorian and does that Mandalorian like tease the nipples a little here, right? Wow. And then it's just like four weeks of this, and yeah. it's like, how many episodes do we have God. left? Four, four more. Uh, so it's four, four, and four. It's gonna be four, four episodes of glory. And you know what? Sucks? We hope exactly. I'm already. Do- I'm doing to myself what I did with Rogue One. I'm putting my expectations so fucking high. Mm-hmm. And it can only go down. Yeah. yeah they, was, they can't I mean, possibly I w- meet You know what? The next four episodes are going to suck. They're going to be somehow worse than this. I hope not. <laughs> I will say this, right? This was... I remember Christian last week had his infamous line of, like, this is the shiniest shiniest turd of them all. Uh, Wait, I said that? No, but I paraphrased. Oh, okay. You. You're welcome. And... Oh. <laughs> 
this was this was I think the best of the arc simply because it did tease the next arc. You got you got Darth Maul, you got the Crimson Tide, you know, tie-in. You got the Mandalorians, you know, recruiting, you know, with Sabine. Sab- <laughs> no, not Sabine. Sorry, <laughs> Sabine with uh, Bo-Katana at the very yeah. end. Uh, so th- those elements were cool. Mm. You just you didn't need the rest of it. Yeah. You d- really, you could have done this arc in one episode. Two maximum. Yeah, two max. You could have done this in a throwaway line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like Ashoka lands a Mandalore and her line is, oh, yeah, I spent some time with these two uh, scrappers. It was cool. (laughs) That's it. That's That's the art. I mean, to your guys' point a couple weeks ago, do we think that they're setting up a spinoff with these characters? No, because I I would not not watch it. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think they're setting up a spinoff. What the feeling I get from it is that um, there's gonna be more material around Ahsoka, whether it's another series, a series of books, maybe some comics or graphic novels. Well, and we these ta- two characters will be important to that. Well, as we talked about last week, we know she is showing up in The Mandalorian season two. Yeah. Okay. So, so boom, there you go. I I would be shocked if these two characters don't show up in Mandalorian themselves. Uh, it would be dumb. Why Why have them Hold if on. they are not Hold showing on. up? Dear Baby Yoda, please. The love of everything holy in the Star Wars universe. May these two characters never, ever show up again. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I'm reading a press release right now just released by Disney. The next Star Wars theatrical movie is around around these two characters. Hey, here's 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 some quick trivia. Where are their fucking names? Go. Yeah, that's right. Haircut. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. What's their fucking name? Afro and haircut. (laughs) <laughs> What's the name of their ship? Oh, um, the uh, Destiny Starbringer. Uh, garbage. The Millennium Falcon. Here, truck. I will name <laughs> off all the interesting things that happened in this arc. The Jedi are once again painted as pieces of shit. Yeah, that was yeah. Their parents were basically murdered based on another arc in I think season two of the Clone Wars series. Yeah, season one, end of season one, Cad Se- Bane. Yeah, Cad Bane. Cad Bane is the cause of their of their of their, of their death. Their haircuts are actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Darth Maul, Crimson Tide. Darth Maul, Crimson Tide makes an appearance, and somehow Darth Maul can sense through the Force. And who's looking yeah, can, at him? Can we talk about through that? a hollow? Yeah, can we grab. talk? Can we talk about this power? Right. So first off, how power? I mean, this is a question I've had for you guys specifically. How powerful is Darth Maul in the ways of the Force? And is he actually that powerful to sense someone through a fucking hollow? Did he sense them, or did did he see her? Because those are two ways to look at that. Like he looks at her, right? Like he sees movement or something, and. So, but everywhere, every every time we've seen a hologram projection, how it works, mm-hmm. right? Whether that be Vader, Sidious, Sidious to Vader, uh, Sidious to the idiots in um in uh, episode one on the Trade Federation ship, it's consistently a kind of like one or one and two, right? You don't see a background; you just see the individual. Right. I've mm-hmm. not, and if you're watching, you're listening. Quote me if I'm wrong, but. I've not seen like a full like room type hologram experience. So that to me, when he's like looking around or whatever, that means he's sensing her. And then I go back to the question of like the force works within like range and like well like with living energy, right? Like mm. a transmission is electronical like electric 
signals and shit. Sure. Like, how does that's? It's weird. It's weird. I mean, unless his, uh, you know, unless unless the force they unless he's that powerful where he can he can project the force to the location that he is transmitting to and feel the. I don't. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't. But but I don't know. but to go back to my previous question, <laughs> midichlorians. How, yeah, there we go. How powerful is he supposed to be in the force? I've ne- I've always gotten the impression that Darth Maul is not a powerful force user. He's a skilled. He's uh, a skilled swordsman. He's a skilled combat artist, yeah. but I, I never got the force that the sense that he was a powerful, like he was a powerful force user. No, he's a, a crafty. He's a crafty son of a bitch, and he's really good with his uh, lightsaber. And more recently, you know, post uh, episode one, he has anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to double up the anger because he's got half a body. <laughs> he's missing his dick. <laughs> oh, oh. Wait, was it was it that low? Yeah, it was like his waist, like his belly button down is gone. <laughs> you know, Wait a minute, he, what? He's an alien, so maybe maybe it's different. I don't know. Check out the visual guide by J.J. Abrams. I'm sure he fucking put it in there. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, next week is going to be better for Star Wars The Clone Wars. We hope. We hope. I'm just going to once again say for everybody. It was amazing. This was bad, bad, right? Nobody liked this. Nobody liked Star Wars Clone Wars, Season 7, Episode 8. Or 5, 6, or 7. Yeah. Or 5, 6, or 7, or 8. Shit. Krishna and I got the privilege <laughs> to browse Netflix and stumble upon a old but new and horrifying film for multiple reasons known as Outbreak. Mm. The 1995 classic starring Dustin Hoffman, Morgan Freeman, Donald Sutherland, Patrick Dimsey, Kevin Spacey, Thor's mom, Cooper Gooding Jr. Uh, There was a lot of people. There was a ton of people. Yeah. Did I we think s- that's why we watched it. Did we say it? Donald Sutherland already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned, yeah. A bunch of like top top stars. Back in 1995, I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't really all that conscious. You were six. I was six. <laughs> so... To me, I don't know if those were big names back then. They during, were during that specific time period. Yeah, it feels like before they got big. Yeah. I'm, I can't. I'm not entirely either, sure. Like yeah. I think like Cuber Cubing, uh, Cub- Cub- Gooding Jr. Yeah, I don't think he was as big during that time period. I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, that film came out in 1995, and it's basically about a virus. Yeah. That has a two to two th- two to three day incubation period, and then it kills you. Actually, no, it's like a few hours. Remember, so it was like you can catch it, and then I think nine hours later you're showing symptoms. Oh, and, and then, then twenty four hours, hours you're dead. Twenty four to forty hours, then you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So horrifying film, Krisha. I wouldn't go with horrifying. Well, I, the, horrifying well, implications. Well, hold, I, I to to uh, to clarify, I'm not saying. What the film's subject matter was horrifying. Well, it is. I'm going to talk about the pacing of the film. Oh, my and God. And what the fuck happened in that film. It was an incredible movie. And let me tell you why and how. Because it is... It should be like the Bible on how to make a good, bad movie. The movie was entertaining as hell. The pacing was shit. <laughs> Pacing like was it too was, slow? I think the worst pacing I've ever seen in a movie, which somehow made it very entertaining. <laughs> I will I will bring up a really bad like 
for those listening and those watching, I am not directly relating it to current events. But if you want to look at it like on a chart in terms of things like ramping up really, really quick, there's a current event thing that's happening. And that pacing is basically the front end of that, that curve, if you guys get what I'm trying to say. Like it just goes really quick. Mm. Really, it starts off really, really slow, and then yeah. goes woof. No, the they up. they do explain that. That's the nature of the virus, right? True. It's a, it's a, it's well, a well, ridiculous so, incubation. So the pace period. the pace reflects the virus. Yeah, you, know, I, you, you could you 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 don't you don't. I don't hate it. I don't I don't hate. It Let's say in that way. Here, we, here's here's a quick recap. Oh Movie starts in the 1970s, right? During Vietnam. During Vietnam. Cool. Um, cool. Morgan Freeman and Donald Don Sutherland Sutherland. land in not Vietnam. Yeah, somewhere else. Somewhere else. They land in there, and the virus is started there, right? They realize this virus is really, really bad. They take some blood samples. They say, we'll bring you a plane. The plane actually has a bomb. They bomb the fucking village and all the people and bury it. Okay, cool. Whatever. Speed, come back to 1995. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, he's having women troubles with his, his girl. She goes to the CDC. He's working for some military biotech thing. They go back to the same location because guess what? The virus has come back, Right. But they think they contain the virus, but actually a monkey has the virus. This monkey <laughs> goes into, like, San Francisco, into the port or something like that. The monkey's with Patrick Dimsey's character. Patrick Dimsey, right, he wants to Dempsey. impress Dimsey. He wants to impress his girl who's actually in Boston, but he has this monkey first. So he steals the monkey outside of the port, takes this monkey up north a little bit, I think, to some, like, um, pet owner and tries to sell the monkey to the pet owner. Pet owner's like, no, 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 whatever. But the monkey bites the pet owner, right? So, oh, no. The monkey... Also, the monkey, I think, it eats a banana. Yes. That another monkey that inside another the store eats. eats yeah. <laughs> so this monkey is patient zero, right? So now Patrick Dimsey leaves the monkey... It gives the monkey out to the forest, right? This is important. The monkey going to the forest, that's important. So Patrick gets on a plane. He goes all the way to Boston, right? He hugs his girlfriend. It's oh, very by the way, he's, di- he's, he's like half dead. He's half dead. This he's like sweating. He's sweating. He's, he's disgusting. He's almost the bleeding. girl yeah. kissed like full on like tongue in yeah. the mouth. Hardcore kissing. The, one of actually the most awkward kisses I've ever seen. On you're television. Not, you're not French bad. kissing someone like that. No. In an airport. Yeah. Just saying. All he right, would anyway. never do that. Yeah. Anyway, so then Logan, he's clearly sick. He's dying. Blah, blah, blah. The uh, owner of the pet store, he's also got it, right? So this is West Coast, this is East Coast, right? Patrick's character it starts like having issues and eventually dies. The CDC, which Dustin, Dustin Hoffman's girlfriend slash wife, whatever, gets on a plane, goes over there, right? Dustin Hoffman's like, oh, my God, we got to figure out what this thing is. But Morgan Freeman is trying to stop Dust, Dustin Hoffman because they're trying to like sell the cure or something. They're trying to weaponize it because uh, Russia, China, Cold War, I don't know. So anyway, this is like the first half of the movie, right? Like you can see there's like there's all this shit's happening where it's like Boston could have gotten infected, but they caught it just in time. But now the pet store owner who is in a small town in California up north, I think in the San Francisco area, he goes to the small town hospital, right? And I'm, I'm talking about small, small, small hospital because this is relevant to what's happening today, right? Mm-hmm. He um, is really, really sick. They draw his blood. Mm-hmm. Some lab technician is like testing the blood. For some reason, he puts his hand in the, the th- circular thing, and it explodes, and he gets blood all over his face. And then the doctor's like, you're fine. You don't have AIDS. Don't worry about it. Cleans himself up. Go to your movie and your date. So this dude, the lab technician, 
now has it, right? So he goes to the movie theater <laughs> and he starts coughing and everyone in the movie theater in a couple hours, they get the disease. And then everyone in the movie theater now has to go to the hospital and the hospital is overwhelmed with all these patients, right? This is very true with what's happening today. The hospital systems aren't prepared for all this crazy shit. Dustin Hoffman's character disobeys uh, uh, Morgan Freeman and the CDC chick. They all end up in this small town city. The military just fucking takes over the city overnight. We're talking they do blockades, helicopters, the whole shebang, right? Entire military force in like, I don't know, like 10 hours or something. It's fucking crazy. That was, you have never displayed such a good memory on anything. Because this movie life. is so fucking crazy. How <laughs> did you remember almost every single detail? We're not done yet. So <laughs> they're in the city, right? The small town city, right? And this is like a redneck, like up north city or some shit. And the people are like, oh, fuck the government. Fuck them. I want out. They're all afraid. So they like take their kids in the pickup trucks and they just like try to run through the blockades. But the military have like fucking Hummers with machine guns and they fucking shoot the civilians <laughs> dead. And then from there, the movie kind of just kind of goes completely stupid. Where Did you mention the helicopter battle? No. Oh, so the movie. From, <laughs> well, that's the thing. The movie from there goes to this whole like you know, the president then authorizes bombing the city like they did back in the seventies. The town, yeah, in, in the U.S. Because the virus is like out of control. Dustin Hoffman's like, no, 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 no. Let's figure out where this patient zero is. So him and Cuba like grab a helicopter. They fly out to sea. Oh they yeah. So land. By, real quick. So by the way. Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr., not only does he work in a lab uh, identifying viruses and bacteria and all that stuff, he can also fly a helicopter. And he's also pretty good with a dart gun. Oh, yeah. Was he military? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that makes sense then. No. Yeah. We're working, we're going, so working in the medical, like, and then also being able to f not just fly a helicopter, evade two full time professional. Military well, that, level. That might be a little high. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're flying around. They <laughs> He's go, like ridiculous. They like do all this like crazy like <laughs> yeah. military first military thing like through the forest and shit. I don't even know what happened there. It's like what? And then the movie kind of concludes where like Dustin Hoffman's in the helicopter and the, the big plane's coming over to drop a bomb. Now this bomb is very specific. It's not a nuke. This bomb, what it does is it drops down. Right, and then it pulls all the oxygen in a two mile radius, in a two mile radius into it, into it, and then creates like this massive fireball, vaporizing and killing everything. Right, really good idea. for humans and viruses. Yeah, this is 1995. So where the <laughs> fuck did they get this idea from? Yeah, it probably exists. Uh, so, Arjuna, as you can see from Ravi's well, the very detailed uh, recap of the movie. Very good movie. One of the greatest bad movies we've ever seen. Well, I've ever seen. Well, th this movie is not uh, original. It is based off of a non-fiction book called The Hot Zone. Oh, wow. You so know, you just kind of ruined it a little <laughs> bit because yeah, yeah. I wanted it to be original. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. It, most of it was original. Trust me. It is a 1990s movie. Oh, my God. It is talking about current events in a way that is pretty horrifying. But the most horrific thing about it is the pacing. <laughs> the pacing and what the fuck happens makes just literally no sense. The fact that, like, the military is is so competent enough to, like, invade a city and lock it down in, like, 12 hours or less. Yeah. Would never happen. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 official, the speed that they got tanks, helicopters... 
several garrisons of soldiers into this tiny little northern Californian town. Uh, it was a fictional town of Cedar Creek. Yes, yeah, Cedar Creek. Oh, by the way, that dickhead Kevin Spacey, don't worry, he gets the disease and dies horribly. Well, actually, speaking of Kevin Spacey, he was nominated and won two awards for this film. The New York Film Critics Circle Award and the Society of Texas Film Critic Award. For what? Yeah, Best for Best Supporting what? Actor. Uh, that is the most confusing award I've This ever movie heard. was also made off of a budget of $50 million and grossed $190 million in the box office. Oh, Makes sense. Good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, definitely recommend everyone give it a watch because... How uh, all I need to say is it's a movie about a, a killer virus that culminates in a helicopter battle. What? What more? What are you doing watching us? Go watch the movie. <laughs> so I'm assuming it was good for both of you. Oh hell's uh, yeah! Oh my god, <laughs> I watched it again. Yeah, it was incredible. Like what an incredible movie. I was just, like on the fence. There's something first. about like the be- like the good bad 1990s films. Yeah, where you're just like it's just so good. Yeah. Like the the terrible like one liners. Oh my god! Like this is prime Dustin Hoffman too. Like prime the leaps in logic. Yeah, you know the fact that Morgan Freeman gets to redeem himself after murdering a lot of innocent people. He's yeah. the one who turns around Donald Sutherland and is like, "You're under arrest." He helped him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Murder a bunch of people. Why? Wait, why did, all of a sudden so does he, he get off scot free? No, he 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 won't. Because Donald's the like, movie, "If I'm going down, you're going the, down." The movie it, ends like oh they're, god, they're, the they're they're in the sky, and he he tells these people like, "Don't bomb the thing," and the plane doesn't bomb them, and then they land the helicopter, and then. They're able to make a vaccine in ten minutes. Yep, because they have the they have the OG monkey. Yeah, sleeping in the back of the helicopter. The OG monkey. Yeah, they got him. Yeah, they, they darted Patient him. Zero. Yeah, they, they darted him because the monkey became friends with a little girl after that. Dustin Hoffman put out a yeah. PSA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's out a, that's out a PSA. So wait, so this monkey, right? Patrick Dimsey released this monkey into like the redwoods, like the forest of San Francisco, right? <laughs> Which is pretty fucking huge. And somehow this monkey ended Becomes up with this like with a little girl, and this little girl draws this really <laughs> shitty at like she's like three or four. It's a shitty fucking drawing. You couldn't tell what the fuck that thing was that but she drew. But the mom sees it and is like, "That's the monkey," because Dawson Hoffman and Cooper Junior take over like a new, they don't take over, but they, they infiltrate use, like a news. They tower. use a gun and they go into a news agency yeah. and they're like. Take people hostage to put out the PSA. <laughs> yeah. And and get away, by the way. They they then they escape into the helicopter and fly away. So let me get this straight. <laughs> this nineteen ninety five movie is actually the inspiration for the James Franco Planet of the Apes movie that they made a few years back. I wouldn't say no. No, because uh, that, that makes with, that a, with a monkey or and based on befriending a little girl. No. Disease. Yeah. People die. I, I, no. I can see. W- you have to see the movie, Juno, before you make those kind of accusations. It's a very good film. I would. Your homework, if his is to rewatch last week's, yours should be to watch Outbreak this yeah. week. And then report back to us yeah. on why it's also the greatest movie in your mind as well. What if I hate it? You are kicked off the podcast. What? We're replacing you. With who? A, a cat oh. who shall not be named. So, yes, it was good. Wow. Anyway, I'm uh, running out of steam here. <laughs> yeah, you just <laughs> For, went uh, on the longest diatribe of your life. I really did. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Before we wrap, though, a couple interesting things in the industry that's happening. Uh, Arjuna, what is it? Artemis Fowl? 
Fowley? Yeah, so Artemis Fowl was an up. I think it was supposed to come out this month in April. Uh, it was one of the Disney Fox movies that was supposed to come out based off of the uh, Beloved Children's series of books. I actually read a few of them myself. Uh, big budget type of movie. It is being released on Disney Plus uh, in the coming weeks. They will forego a theatrical release, though I am sure that a lot of these big blockbusters will get a limited run in theaters once society returns to some semblance of normalcy. Mm. Just because I'm sure some people will be like, oh, I want to see this on the big screen. And, you know, Absolutely. They they have to try and recoup some of this money uh, in some way, shape, or form. So that is that is coming directly to Disney+. Plus. Uh, Trolls World Tour, DreamWorks' big uh, animated movie, was released um, directly um, on VOD this past Friday. Uh, they are doing that with a few other movies. The Issa Rae, Kumail, um, rom-com is being released on Netflix in the coming weeks or months, while other movies have been uh, delayed into later this year or completely into next year. Which is interesting, and it makes sense, right? Like um, Black Widow, for example, right? That was the one of the bigger Marvel films, or the biggest Marvel film, right, to come out this year. Um, they're going to obviously push it back because they want to capitalize on how much money that they could make off of it, right? So they're going to push it back as much as much as they can, so it makes sense. I think it's kind of interesting that, I think you said, right, in the last two months, how many Marvel films are coming out? In the last two months, there are six Disney movies coming out. So Disney, including Marvel, including their animated uh, Pixar movies, including Disney Princess movies, uh, that including you know all of their other type of franchises and stuff, like Mulan and all that type of so stuff. So he- here's the thing, though. It's like... Our economy is taking a massive shit brick right now because a lot of it is built upon entertainment and merchandise, right? And a lot of those things you can't get right now. Mm -hmm. The sports leagues are all hoping that they can go back and want to relaunch everything as quick as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Does the world think that come, let's say, October, November, everything is okay, so you have a million different sports leagues running, MLB, NFL, NBA, Golf. It would be the greatest time in sports history. But here's the thing, but here's the thing, <laughs> here's why Maybe. here's the thing though is where these organizations and, and groups and everyone need to like really stop and do like a cost assessment and, and ROI here is because sure, we, everything comes back to normal and you blast out and you blow out all these movies, these sports events, the individuals, us for example, People don't have money to like right. put it on thing. Like people can't pay their fucking rent right now. Right? Do they really think people are gonna go to these sports events or care to a degree? I mean, they'll care for the sporting, like the sport events. I completely those make sense if they're broadcast. Yeah, you're paying for it already, et cetera. Et cetera. Well, somewhat. I, I think the issue you're gonna run into with all these industries and everything is oversaturation, right? Yeah. If you if let's say you do like a, a truncated MLB season or like let's say you do. The, the plan for the NBA and, like, the NHL, for example, is to potentially go straight to playoffs and then do a month break and then back into the league. So you essentially have no offseason with o- overlapping of other sports like NFL and, and Major League Baseball and tennis and golf and all those. You're just going to have – it might be too much. Oh, beca- yeah. Because – you're going to go from zero to 100 real fast. Remember, people are people are now adapting to this new way of life of no sports, no movies to go to. Yep. You can't just all much like you can, like it was. It's been very hard to go from zero, 100 to zero. It's going to be even more difficult to go zero to 100 because, as you mentioned, 
There's going to be economic problems. There's going to be time issues, right? People, you know, people like ourselves going back in the office, going to have to reinvest in that. People are going to, we mentioned at the top of the stream, people are, people are getting, you know, chunky. People are going to want to go back into their routines of going to the gym, extra stuff that's going to take your time away from consuming movies, consuming sports and stuff. There's going to be too much with movies, right? You have six Disney movies coming out in two months. Mm-hmm. Who... Who has time to go see six Disney movies in two months? Uh, and to make things <laughs> even more complicated, uh, AMC, this is a rumor, might be close to bankruptcy. So if you lose AMC, one of the biggest movie chains the in, biggest the, movie chain. in the world. Oh, in no, the Christian, the government. Uh, <laughs> that means no more AMC stubs, Oof. which means no more $20 uh, a month to Oof. see three movies a week. Ideally, right, if, if uh, AMC was, could stick around, That'd be. I mean, it, it would be. That would, would be make good. sense. That would people be like Arjuna would find ways. Yeah. Cause he he was doing that before. You would find ways to go see the movies. Well, I mean, two months see. is eight weeks. If there are six movies, and if the AMC thing was there, yeah. I would probably be like, yeah, oh, every absolutely. week I would want to go see a movie. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but to but your that, but but to, right, point there with AMC studios. though is like, if AMC is on the verge of they bankruptcy, have to survive and they right. might not. I could totally yeah. see them doing uh, a real dick move and being like. Oh, by the way, we're doubling our prices on everything. Or just removing a list, right? Yeah. Like we can't do that. We can't do this. Like people, people would understand. Money. I mean, uh, honestly, we're we're in an interesting time. You're absolutely right. Unfortunately, for a lot of these things, uh, there's not a whole lot of choice. Um, I think there is some choice with the industry, though, because which one? Let, let's, let's take the movie industry for yeah. example, right? The, that, that has the most choice. They have a lot of choice because remember, everything is shut down, including production on movies, right? Yeah. So if you are, if let's say this goes on for six months, if you're shut down for six months, that's six. Sure, you can you can do a lot of the pre-production. You can write. You can storyboard. Mm. You can even do some type. You can do some virtual casting, right? Yeah. But you can you cannot do production. You cannot film, right? right. In the the way that you want to, unless unless we're going to start doing the uh, the everyone <laughs> in front of a computer well, POV actually, type. Real of quick, movie. what's interesting though is uh, Frozen Two. One of the animes from Frozen 2 and the actor who does Olaf. Josh Gad. They actually are putting out shorts, digital yes. shorts with Olaf, which I thought was Olaf interesting. Olaf from home? Yeah, something like that. And I think that's kind of cool. That's a, an interesting way to take a character that's already well-known and adapting it to the situation and then making new content. Stuff like that, genius. Keep doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anime shows, anime like Japan and the anime industry and everything, they're still pumping everything out because they can work fully 100% from home. In fact, I, I read somewhere a new Gundam series is supposed to be coming out end of this year. Oh, fantastic. So I haven't watched the other 30. Gundam, stay at home. Gundam quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> but but what you can do with some of this li- these live-action movies, right? Let's take the Marvel movies, for example, right? Stack uh, it all up. Delay it because mm. you're, you're delayed in your filming process anyway. Why rush... Doctor Strange um, and the Madness of Circles, or whatever it's called. Um, why rush those types of movies? Just let, let like you could give it time, right? You, the the script isn't even done apparently, so like right. now you have time to write it and get it get it well done. And you, I, I'm sure, I'm sure these we we got to be we're probably going to be hearing about delays and stuff fairly soon, right? I mean, nobody up at that level is stupid enough to be like. No, we're gonna have uh, seven movies come out in the same month. You know, from the same. Studio. You would think so because we'll be, we've seen the delays of the initial blockbusters. Yeah. Of this spring and summer. Right. And so then. So I, it's, I'm, it's just inevitable. I'm we just sure gotta wait for the yeah. for them. To, they, no one can make those. 
calls predictions yet. because we just don't know how long this thing's going to go for. It could go longer. If it goes longer, I mean, that, that really changes things. So we have to see. Right now, it's time. all in the, up in the air. Time will tell. T- Who's time? And why will he or she tell? Just kidding. Because they can. Uh, that's going to do it for us here at the Was A Good Podcast. You can listen to our podcast. We do a weekly episode every Tuesday. You can listen to them on your favorite podcast provider, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google something. Google Podcasts. Whatever. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Was It Good, on Instagram at Was It Good BTM, and on Twitch, where we live stream our podcast every Monday evening. Look for the link or the announcement on Twitter. The Twitch link is twitch.tv slash Was It Good. Goodbye. Okay.